All right, so uh, I'm excited about today. I have my, my good friend and brother, uh, Jay Will. Jay Will is going to preach for us. Now, we ourselves are a church plant. Other churches uh, helped us with resources and counsel in order for us to be where we are. Um, but uh, we want to make sure that we further the cause of planting churches. So uh, Jay Will and uh, Crystal and the family, they're planting a church in a community called Eau Claire in Columbia, South Carolina. Now, we want to be about planting churches in communities that might be forgotten, who struggle with brokenness, who struggle with poverty and all types of issues like that. We want to be about planting churches in communities like that. And that's why we have partnered with my brother, Jay Will. And he is a man who loves the Lord, he loves the gospel, and he wants to see the word of God spread. And I'm glad that you guys get to hear from him today. The scripture that he'll be preaching from is Isaiah 42, verses 1 through 9. And I'll read it. <clears throat> this is my servant. I strengthen him. This is my chosen one. I delight in him. I have put my spirit on him. He will bring justice to the nations. He will not cry out or shout or make his voice heard in the streets. He will not break a bruised weed and he will not put out a smoldering wick. He will faithfully bring justice. He will not grow weak or be discouraged until he has established justice on earth. The coasts and the islands will wait for his instruction. This is what God, the Lord says, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to all people on it and spirit to those who walk on it. I am the Lord. I have called you for a righteous purpose and I will hold you by your hand. I will watch over you and I will appoint you to be a covenant for the people and a light to the nations in order to open blind eyes and bring out prisoners from the dungeon, those sitting in darkness from the prison house. I am the Lord. That is my name. And I will not give my glory for another or my praise to idols. The past events have indeed happened. Now I declare new events. I announce them to you before they occur. Amen. 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 Well, what's going on, Reconciled Church? Good to see you. I left my glasses up here because, you know, masks and glasses do not go together well as you can tell. Um, as Pastor Will said, my name is Jay Will. Every, actually, my name is Jarian Wilson, but everybody calls me Jay Will. I tell people, family calls me Jay Will. Bill collectors call me Jarian. Please call me Jay Will. Uh, I don't think I owe anybody in here anything, but love. Uh, I'm excited to be with you today. It's a lot up here, Will. You know, you leave a lot of stuff up here. Okay, just thought I should let you know. Um, Excited to be up here with you today. As he told you, I'm planting a church called City of Refuge in the Eau Claire community of Columbia, South Carolina. Um, Eau Claire is a neighborhood very similar to this area, a neighborhood that most people don't want to go into. Uh, and when people get the means, they want to get out. But the Lord has been breaking our heart to say, no, we want you to go into this neighborhood to live as a called people, um, connecting people to people and connect them to the Lord and his greater people and living as ambassadors, commissioning them back out. 
So very similar to what you guys are doing. I'm so excited to be up here with you today. <clears throat> and uh, I want to kind of pre-warn before we dive into the text. We'll talk more about the church plant later. But I want to kind of put a, a preface up here before we dive into the text. Will sent me this text about two weeks ago. And uh, as soon as I read it, for some reason, the Lord just dropped a word on my heart that doesn't happen often. And I was super excited until this week when everything happened at the Capitol, and I was like, this is going to be a terrifying time to talk about justice because it can be taken the wrong way. And I just want you to know, this isn't in response, but it does go well with everything that happened this week. Now, be coming from Isaiah chapter 42, verses 1 through 9, Will has already read the word. Um, my sermon topic today is called, No Justice, No Peace no justice, no peace. I, I felt the tension as soon as I said that in the room that people were like, oh Lord, where's this going? <laughs> I promise you, um, it's not what you think. No justice, no peace. No justice, no peace. Many of you've probably heard this slogan over the past five years with issues that's happened in our country with black and brown people being harassed by police or being harmed by uh, other ethnic minority, um, other ethnic groups. Um, we probably can only trace this slogan back over the past five years, but this slogan has actually been around since about 1986. Uh, the first time it was done, it was uh, in response again from African Americans uh, being violently harmed by white Americans um, in, like I said, roughly 1986. And it was in response to the murder of Michael Griff at the hands of an angry mob of young white youth. No justice, no peace. The slogan is being cried out in the streets, and we understand inherently that obviously justice and peace must go together. They must be seen intact. They're almost like twin siblings. There has to be justice for there to be peace, and there must be peace for there to be justice, yet we find ourselves looking to the wrong places for justice and expecting those things to bring us peace. This week, we've seen American idols kind of put on display, and I don't mean the TV show, but I literally mean our idols fully on display. Feeling like wrong has been done, and we cry out in the streets, no justice, no peace. Seeing that we feel something has been stolen from us, so we cry for justice and we demand justice or there will be no peace. See, all of us understand there must be justice for there to be peace. But I think the problem is we all look to the wrong place for justice, expecting those things to give us peace. Before we dive into our text, uh, I do ask you to pray with me so we can see where does true justice and peace rely, be found? Where can we actually look to see where justice will be found? I think Isaiah has a prominent answer for us today, and the one he's promised will come to give justice. But before we dive in, would you mind taking a moment just to pray with me? 
pray that our eyes are open, our ears are here to receive, and that uh, it may not be miscommunicated, that I'm saying one side is better than the other, but saying, no, we're all wickedness, we're all wicked people, and this is the only place where true justice and peace is found. All of us run to our idols, but our idols must be crushed for true justice and peace to be found. So if you will, please pray with me. Father, I stand before you today saying, um, with, in my own strength, I can fail so miserably right now, trying to explain the complexities of justice in our world and explain the complexity of peace. Yet, Father, I said, no, you help us understand it today. You explain it. You illuminate your word and show the truth of what you are declaring and have been declaring through the centuries to us. Father, I pray that you calm my anxious heart, that you help me to speak boldly, that you help me to speak clearly, that you help me to show off your magnificent grace, and that I will get out the way. And all of my idols that I run to to justify me, Father, I pray that they are also crushed today. Draw your people to yourself. Draw your people to your word. Show off in your spirit. Throw your weight and glory around in this place today. And forgive me for the things I might say or misspeak on. Father, I decrease and you increase in this place today. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today as we dive in this temple on no justice, no peace, Isaiah starts off with saying, this is my servant. He's, the Lord is speaking through Isaiah and said, this is my servant. I strengthen him. This is my chosen one. I delight in him. I have put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. Um, I don't usually disagree with the way CSB is translated, but this is probably one of those texts where I kind of have a little bit of tension with because actually the way it's written in the Hebrew is a lot more uh, written with authority speaking. He's not saying this is my servant, but he, he says, behold. Look, basically saying, stop what you're doing and look here. The reason this makes more sense is because if you go back one chapter to Isaiah 41 and verse 24, he says something very similar. He says, look, you are nothing and your work is worthless. Anyone who chooses you is detestable. And then he kind of repeats himself in, in, in verse 29 of Isaiah chapter 41. And he says, look, all of them are delusions. Their works are non-existence. Their images are wind and emptiness. He's painting this picture in Isaiah chapter 41 to call out their idols. Israel were looking to all of these idols to bring peace to them. They were about to go into exile, into Babylon, and he was saying, you're going to look for this to give you peace, and it's going to be worthless. It's going to leave you with nothing. And then you're going to look to these idols, and they are like delusions. They're vapors. They mean 
nothing. And their images are wind and emptiness. It's very similar to what Jeremiah said in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 5, when he says, this is what the Lord says. What fault did your ancestors find in me? that they went so far from me, following worthless idols and became worthless themselves. So the reason I said this is a big deal, kind of how it's saying, and it's not taking away from the truth of this passage. It's just not pushing into the intensity of this passage because he's saying, look here, this idol has failed you. Look here, this idol is worthless. Now, look here. Here's my servant. Here's the one your eyes should have been paying attention to. Behold, this is he. You see, Isaiah's painting this uh, this beautiful picture, I think, is he's kind of showing our heart on display. Most of us are looking for so many things to justify us, and God's like, look at your idol. It leaves you with nothing. Look at this idol. You pursue it, and you're becoming worthless. And he puts all of our idols on display for us to see how they fail in comparison. And then he pauses and says, now look at my son. My question this morning is, what idols have you been looking for to bring you peace in the midst of these past years to feel like this idol will justify you? Because all of us The reason we desire justice is because we desire to be justified. For justice is literally just making things right. And all of us notice there's something wrong. There's something wrong. There's something wrong in our world. And when we look in the mirror, many times we see see ourselves and say, there's something wrong in me. What are you looking at that you're hoping want to justify you? Is it politics? Are you hoping that our government leaders will make everything right and that we can have this utopia, this peace here? We can have this kingdom on earth? Is that the idol you've been looking to? Maybe it's not that far up. Maybe it's finances. Praying that if I just have enough money in my bank account, that it would make me right in some way and I won't fill this void or emptiness. Maybe it's relationships. Running after that boy or girl of your dreams, hoping that this boy or girl of your dreams will make you have some sense of peace. I know for me, I don't always run to besides money and things, but more personally, I want to be known as a good father. I want the world to see that my children are perfect and they're right. Because when I look at me, I see I'm not perfect and I'm not always right. And I look at my relationship with my father and I see how my relationship with my father has broken me in such a way. And I hope that this relationship and the way I put up the relationship with my children will put it on display and it will justify us and justify me, how I feel about me, and be seen as right. What's your idol? What is the thing you've been running to? What is the thing that every time you run to it, when it fails and falls short of what you have put before it, it leaves you feeling hopeless and worthless? What is that for you? Isaiah 
again, it was looking to Israel and he said, here's all your idols and see how they have fallen and see how they have fallen short. Now here is my servant. And then he goes on to say in verse two through four, he says, he will not cry out or shout or make his voice heard in the streets. He will not break a bruised reed and he will not put out a smoldering wick. He will not, he will faithfully bring justice. He will not grow weak or be discouraged until he has established justice on the earth and the coasts and islands will wait for his instruction. He's literally saying, you're looking for something to make you right that's going to show out in the streets. You need parades to make you feel great. You need the riches of this world to make you feel great. And that's not how Jesus is going to come and make things right. He doesn't need a rally to show off. He came in a manger. He, he doesn't need to stand on podiums and yell to the crowds and yell to the masses. He went to 12 guys and hung out on a boat. He had fellowship. And while we're looking to all these idols and all these things to make our life right, make justice come, those things fall short. They're empty. They show how weak they really are. Yet the one who says he doesn't have to show off, this servant who doesn't show off, he says he will not grow weak or be discouraged until he establishes justice. Literally meaning there's nothing we can throw at this servant that's going to stop him from accomplishing what he came to accomplish. He is going to bring justice. And all of us are designed for justice to really finally come. The problem is we have a flawed view of justice. See, we believe justice is saying somebody must be wrong and this right here is right. And if I jump on the right bandwagon, then I can point my finger at the wrong ones and say, you're wrong. That's not what the Bible talks about, how he talks about justice. It's not how it describes justice. The word justice in the Old Testament, the prophets used to say it all the time, over and over and over. It's this word, mishpah. Most of y'all are going to go home and remember mishpah. That's what, if you remember anything else, you're going to say mishpah. And mishpah wasn't laws and commands and right and wrong, but it was for the flourishing of all. This great author named Jessica Nicholas, she wrote a book called God Loves Justice a user-friendly guide to biblical justice and righteousness. And she, call a, she calls out our Western view. She said, Western views of justice are primarily focused on how things should be done. Laws, rules, and what should happen when laws are broken. But the Hebrew thought <clears throat> says justice is focused on what life should be like. Justice in the Hebrew world was concerned not just with the laws, but enhancing all of human life, especially in the social world. See, our justice is saying, I want my life to be right. I want to feel better about it. And I don't care how other people feel. I don't care how they thrive. But the Bible's sense of justice says, no, it's holistic. Everyone must flourish, not just you and yours. 
It's not about one side being right and the other song being wrong, and you got to pick your side. But it's saying, no, both of those sides fall short in comparison with what the king is going to bring. So it makes sense, like I said earlier, that no justice and no peace come goes together. Because the same prophet who is declaring that the, the servant that's coming to bring justice is the same prophet early on who says this same servant will be called the Prince of Peace. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and the Prince of Peace. <clears throat> you see, as I said earlier, everybody's looking for something to justify themselves because we all have this sense of internal desire for peace. My anxiety says I'm not a good father when my child acts out because I need that peace here. Your anxiety and my anxiety probably says when the money is looking short and the, my change is acting strange and the bills keep coming and the money isn't, that I need peace. And maybe if I just have more of this, it would bring me peace. But he's saying your eyes are in the wrong place. Your eyes are in the wrong place. Going on in Isaiah chapter 42, going to verse 5, is he's saying here's the one that's going to bring peace. And then he comes in and make this declaration. He said, you're looking to all these idols. You're looking to all these things, hoping that these created things will bring peace. And then he says, this is what God, the Lord, says. Who created the heavens and stretched them out? Who spread out the earth? And what comes from it? Who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk on it? I am the Lord. I am the Lord. I have called you for a righteous purpose, and I will hold you by your hand. I will watch over you, and I will appoint you to be a covenant for the people and light, a light to the nations. In order to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the dungeon and those sitting in darkness from the prison house, I am the Lord. This is my name, and I will not give my glory to another or my praise to idols. He's saying, you're looking to all these created things, hoping that this will give you a sense of peace, that they will justify you and make you right, but you're looking to the wrong places. Old song used to say, looking for love in all the wrong places. We're looking for hope and justice in all the wrong places. We're hoping these places will finally bring us peace. And he says, those idols are falling short. But I am the Lord. I am the Lord. Do you feel that this morning? Are you feeling like I, need, I just want to be made right? I want my life to look right. I need peace this morning. I need the justice of the Lord. Oh, I pulled too hard. <laughs> I need the justice of the Lord. I think that's going to, that's what I'm about to do. <laughs> I'm going to just put that right there. Don't mind me. <clears throat> I need the justice of the Lord to come and make things right. 
Here's the problem. If the justice of the Lord was to come and make things right today, are you right with the Lord? Has the peace of the Lord come upon you? I got good news for you. You can be. You, you can be made right today. Matter of fact, I even have ever, even better news. In Isaiah, they were waiting on the promise to come. But today, I want to leave you with three things. He has, he is, and he will. What do I mean by he has? And for those who are longing to be made right, he says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who made both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility. In his flesh, he made, he made of no effect the law consisting of commands and expressed and regulations so that he might create in himself one new man from the two, resulting and peace. What does that mean today? That means what he has done by seeing us in our unredeemed state has come and justified us. We were unable to find anything in this world to justify us. We were unable to justify ourselves, but God seeing us in our complete inability sent his perfect son down to earth to live a perfect and holy life. The servant he's talking about in Isaiah 42, he sent him and he lived holy and perfect. And he who knew no sins took on all of our sins. He took on all of our sins to the point of a cross. And when his flesh was broken and his blood was shed, that was a stamp of approval on us. He has cleaned those who are his. He has made us right. He has justified as we no longer have to look to these idols hoping that these things will make us right that these that our government will make us right that uh, the right way of thinking will make us right but he in himself has said no I will make you right he has done that and he showed before we can find justice in this world we must be justified through his shed blood but then after he has justified us with his father, we are now able to pursue true justice in this world. So he has made us right, but I also said he is doing a work. Right now he's doing a work through us. It's the very name of this church. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 through 20, everything is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God has reconciled the world to himself, now counting their, tres get their trespasses against them, and he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. That means, church, 
that now that we have been justified and made right before God and the true justice has been found in the cross and the shedding of Jesus' blood, he has now commissioned us to live as ambassadors of justice in this world calling those who cry out for justice and peace in the streets to say, you're looking in the wrong places. Here's the only place where it could be found. We have been given the gospel, the mission of reconciliation. And it finishes out, says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we plead on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. I love the fact that earlier, the first thing Will said we should do as a church is to pray that this mission that God has set forth in his church to go forth, that everyone be first called to God, be made right with God, because that is where the mission of true justice in this world is being accomplished now. We first have to be made right before God, and then he starts to tear down that wall of hostility, helping us to become right with each other. And we are living as examples of his image on earth, his, a glimpse of his kingdom on earth. Those who have different thoughts, ideologies, different hopes coming together and being one new people. And he is doing that through us. He is doing that through the church. He's doing that in this very moment. There's many people in this church right now who probably disagree with each other. If you don't believe me, go on Facebook and see who voted for who and who stands with who. It's a lot of people who disagree with each other, but yet in this church, y'all are a family. And family who loves one another, who understands that they are under the same blood, have the same blood, we fight different. We argue different. We love one another different. We show off something different in this world that no one can find outside of us. That is what he is doing presently. But I also said he will. He will bring justice. Jumping back over to Isaiah 42. Verses 8 through 9, and I'm coming to a close. It says, I am the Lord, this is my name, and I will not give my glory to another on my praise to idols. The past events I have, that have indeed happened, now I declare a new event. I announce, to the, announce them to you before they occur. What does that mean for us today? For them, it was, there was a coming Messiah that, will, that would deliver them from their captivity there. And we today have a hope of a, the Messiah coming once again. In Revelations 21 verses 1 through 6, this is what that hope looks like. And this is what he will do. He said, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth have passed away. The sea was no more. I also saw the holy city. The new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne, look, God's dwelling is with humanity. And he will live with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them and will be their God. 
and he finally will make everything right. He will wipe away every tear from their eye. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. He also said, write, because these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will freely give to the thirsty from the spring of the water of life. Listen, church, this is what he will do. He has come and reconciled us back to a perfect relationship with the Father. Now we have the same level of relationship with the Father that the Son has. And he is in us showing off what it looks like to be a new people on the earth, even though we have our bumps and bruises, our warts and our scars, and we still fight and disagree. But he's showing off through us. You know how bad you are. I know how bad I am. Yeah, he's showing off through us. But he's doing all this and we can trust and believe because there will be a future glory where there will be no more justice. There will be no more injustice. There will be no more brokenness. There will be no more hurt. There will be no more grief, no more death. All we will see was, will be with life. Will be eternal bliss. We will literally drink from the waters of life every day. Listen, church. The one who has done this, the one who is doing this, and the one who will do this is the one who came in the middle of the night, birthed through a human body, but impregnated through the Spirit a perfect, holy God who came in flesh for broken people like you and me. He is the one who came to establish true justice. He is the one who came to give us a place where we could find our peace. He is the hope that we're all looking towards. My question is, are you looking at him? Or are you still looking at your idols? Are you still looking around and he's showing you that our idols are nothing our politicians failed. The economy failed. Doctors have failed. Relationships have failed. Yet he has not. Where are you looking right now for your hope? Where are you looking right now for your peace? Where are you looking for justice and peace to rely? Is it in your strength? Is it when, what this world has to offer? Or is it the one that he promised would come and do it? If you have not put your hope and faith in that Savior and that servant who came to do this perfect work, today is the day you can find justice and true peace. Today is the day that you can come to him and say, you who deserve none of the punishment that you received, I come to receive of that. I ever come to receive of your righteousness. I come to be made whole in you. Will you come today and be made whole? Will you pray with me? Father, it is true.
that there is no justice without peace. And Father, all the means that we have looked to to give us hope and peace and a sense of being justified in this world has failed us. But Father, help us to see you today. The one who really gives us a hope, the one who really gives us a place to look for justice to be found. We did not deserve as sinful people to be called yours, yet you made a way. You made a way for us to come before you. Father, I pray today that your words were preached clearly, that hearts were steered to you, that we look at you and look at your means as more beautiful than anything this world has to offer. We do cry out for our country. We do cry out for our neighborhoods. We do cry out for our city and our state. Father, show off your glory through us. We long to one day see your kingdom here on earth where true justice and peace can be experienced. All of God's people who heard this prayer and agree with this prayer, please today say amen and amen.